You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business of rock and roll. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and aspiring daytime talk show host, Mr. Mike Mowry. So, Mike, tell us about your trip to L.A. Oh, man. You know, Blasco, it's one of these where going into a place like L.A., and you live there, so you probably never get this feeling, but it's like, holy crap. I could probably go there for a full month, do three meetings a day, and meet with somebody that I think is relevant every single day. So that's like a minimum of, you know, if you took the weekends off, uh, that's what, 60 meetings? Yep. Um, so what I try to do <laughs> is I try to take as many of those as I can. For sure. In the short time period that I'm there. So it's like... I literally, from the minute that I get in, you know, hot off the plane, right into a first meeting, go as long and as late as I can, you know, most nights, two, three o'clock, and then right back up the next morning at eight and out the door and trying to meet with somebody. So um, it was awesome, but man, what the heck? Here I am, East Coaster, you know, it's July, August. It's usually hot and humid here. I left beautiful weather to land in L.A., only to be greeted by heat and humidity. That was <laughs> so weird, dude. What was up with that? You brought it with you, dude. Yeah, that's what everybody says. I'm <laughs> like, okay, whatever. But I did, you know, I made the most of it. It was really exciting. Um, I hadn't been there in quite some time. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just went in and and I love doing those types of trips, you know, and I'm sure whenever you go to London or you go to New York or wherever it is that you go, you know, sometimes they just really leave you incredibly inspired and this was one of those where you know there was only one meeting that ended up getting canceled and uh it's unfortunate because it was one that i really wanted to do but all the rest of them you know were awesome and when that one did get canceled i think one of the reasons i was the most bummed was it was in venice and i didn't get a chance to go west of the 405 on this trip so for all of you people out there in loyal listener land you know bust up blasco and i you know the old school touring vets that we are would say pull out your map but i'm gonna tell you to go to google maps and if you look at the 405 you know west of that is santa monica and venice and that's where it's nice the beach is there so i spent most of my time in hollywood uh you know central whatever that is miracle mile area and uh even the valley yeah, uh, but but you know, coming off the plane, you know, when you do these trips, and I know you know them well. You know, you're you're the West Coast going to East. A lot of times you're red eyeing it, so like there's no sympathy. I don't expect any sympathy out of you. Um, Mm-mm. but you know, it's like I had to be at the airport by six, so that means I'm up by four. 
you know, you fly. I did catch a little bit of a nap, but you're trying to make sure that all your work's taken care of. You know, you land at 10 or 11 and then you go, go, go. And then, you know, I, I think the first night I didn't go to bed till two. So that's almost a 20, that's 22 plus hour day. But hopping off the plane, still kind of tired. Like I said, you know, usually you're greeted with that nice, cool, crisp California air. You know, it's just like, ah, this is why all the beautiful people live here. And I walk out to just be pummeled by humidity. I'm like, what the hell? I left this stuff, you know, I left this stuff on the East Coast, I thought. But I went to go do lunch with a couple of agents um, at a great little agency called Circle Talent. It happened to be one of their birthdays. It's kind of a trip because, you know, I walk into the office and they start getting a little lunch crew together. And so it, it's Dan Rosenblum, um, you know, friend of friend of you and me. It's his birthday. And so my boy JJ from Circle and uh, then Matt Pike, we're all talking about going to lunch. So Kevin, who's one of the bosses at Circle and, you know, for all of you out there that know the... The agencies, you know, you got CAA, you got William Morris, you can now have UTA, and you got a lot of boutique ones. Circle is like this really cool, like, you know, sort of small yet sort of massive powerhouse that's, uh, you know, predominantly EDM guys, um, but now has a rock, you know, division. So Kevin, who's one of the owners, the EDM guy. So anyways, he's saying, where are you guys going to go? And one of them, go, you know, one of them says, oh, I think we're just going to go to the Grove. And if I recall, isn't the Grove sort of like a little outdoor mall or something with a bunch of choices? Yeah. 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 So so he's kind of like, really, you're going to take him to the Grove? Uh, you know, he's like, there's a bazillion other places that you could probably find that are better. And then he says, oh, isn't Dan vegetarian? And uh, Dan says, yeah. And he goes, well, there's a place Real Food Daily. And I've been going to Real Food Daily for years. And, you know, it's probably been around 20 plus years. I think it's all vegan or at least vegan and veggie. You know, and through my touring days with Noise Conspiracy, it was like a place that we always did meetings because all those guys were vegan or at least for, for part of the time. So then Matt Pike says, hey, Mallory, have you ever been to Crossroads? And so Crossroads is like the new, hip, super elite vegan spot. That's owned by Travis Barker, drummer of Blink-182, and and a couple other, or at least one other, like, you know, famous, like, kind of vegan hardcore guy. So Matt Pike, friends with all those types of guys, says, you know, let's go there. So we're sitting at the booth, and, you know, we're celebrating Dan. We're, we're catching up, talking shop, laughing, and I've got my back to the booth behind me which of course makes sense um and those guys are all they've got a sight line to the door so i see one of them make eyes and uh i'm like oh they must have you know seen some really attractive person because that's at least one of the members of this crew uh usually makes some sort of eyes (laughs) (laughs) when there's a really attractive person and and when we walked in the lay of the land was the beautiful people you know hollywood la the beautiful vegans so i'm trying to you know like do a little glance over my shoulder without being too obvious they all just mouth to me ellen so i catch a glimpse it's ellen degeneres which is kind of cool right you know i mean you live in hollywood so you probably see famous people all the time yeah of course Um, but whatever and i'm not like a huge ellen fan as a matter of fact i don't think i've ever watched the show but whatever personality right so we're sitting there all chatting and and jj and i have a history of trying to get photos with famous people and it started at bamboozle in new jersey like five or six years ago when we were watching jimmy eat world play and dave Grohl walked on the stage um 
you know, and, and he's walking back and we're kind of hanging towards the back. And I was like, well, let's get a photo. And, uh, you know, Dave Grohl photos, which are like all smiles, you know, and he looks like you're, he's everybody's best friend. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten a lot of mileage out of that photo. Like, like literally every time I, you know, recycle it into socials, people are like, wow, I didn't know you and Dave Grohl were so tight. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, in the DC connection, everybody just assumes I know him. And yeah. it's like, it's like, nope, just randomly hit him up on the stage at Bamboozle. But yeah, I'll take it. And then one year at Coachella when Refuse played, David Hasselhoff was there, which I realize isn't that cool, but, you know, got a photo with him. And one night on a trip out west, we saw David Spade at a bar next to the whiskey. So we got a photo with him. So I think this is our first, you know, famous non-David person. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about trying to not be intrusive. You know, here's a woman. She's with somebody else. Turns out it was Portia de Rossi, who I didn't even know who that was, but I'm not really that much up on hip culture, but Portia's a big deal. She was on Arrested Development, is what I understand. So we don't want to interrupt her lunch. But as we're paying, we hear Ellen and, and Portia say, you know, can we get the bill? So on the way out, Matt Pike just leans into her, you know, he figures, all right, there, he's not going to be too intrusive, but just says, you know, I'm a huge fan, love your work. So then we all go out, we're waiting for the valet, because that's a very LA thing to do. You can't park your own car, bro. And they walk out behind us. <laughs> and then it's like game on. I'm like, yo, can we get a photo? And, you know, she's sort of like, ah. And I, and I, in hindsight, it's really funny because none of us recognize Portia de Rossi. And I don't know if she was happy about that or whether she was bummed. But we made her take the photo. And, uh, you know, we sold it up. It was Dan Rosenblum's birthday. So it was actually really cool and really funny. And then, you know, not to reveal too many secrets of our way of travel, but I'd kind of plan to go a little under the radar on my trip to LA because you know how it is, right? It's like you can only do so many meetings. You can only see so many people. Sometimes you just don't want to put it out there that you're in town, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you only want to see the people that you can see. So, of course, everybody goes viral. You know, I'm not, this isn't me trying to be a fucking D-bag tooting my own horn. But yeah, I mean, you know, I got a bunch of texts from people that are like, hey, can we hang out? And I'm just like, no. But the funniest thing of all of it is, you know, we tagged some Ellen DeGeneres, like, fan person or whatever, and they ended up messaging us the paparazzi photos because paparazzi were hanging outside trying to take photos of Ellen and Portia. So there's paparazzi photos of us getting our photo <laughs> taken. So meta, dude. <laughs> wow. So so that started it off, you know, that set it right. And I just cruised through the rest of the week, you know, other than complaining about heat and humidity. Um, I had a blast and hey, now I'm back to reality. I know you didn't do anything half as cool as that, but did you end up hitting the warp tour? Uh yeah, man. I had a busy weekend and um but I just want to say that hey man that that you know congratulations on your uh textbook LA trip of um, meetings, uh, crossroads, and celebrity selfies. So um, to- you, you did, to- you, you knocked it out of the park, my friend. Totally was- right. Like if you were doing another podcast about like what D-bag music industry people shouldn't be cool, <laughs> th- shouldn't be bragging about, it would be like, hey man, I went to LA and took a bunch of meetings, ate at the vegan spot, and saw a celebrity. And that's me. I'm like all pumped up. One of my best friends from DC who's back here, singer, good, clean, fun. He lived in L.A. for a long time. He's like, dude, you're such a freaking tourist. Like, quit getting excited. And I'm like, I don't know. It was just kind of fun to do with those guys. And uh, But, yeah, you're right. I'm a total poser. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Man, and then, and then you tagged out of L.A. right before 
the weekend, which was Slayer, Lamb of God, and Behemoth Saturday night, and then Warp Tour Sunday afternoon. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a little chapped from uh, from that, but um, but yeah, Warp Tour was yesterday. That was the uh, the last show of Warp Tour. Uh, it was really good, really well attended. You know, all seemed well there. And then um, Slayer show was Saturday night in LA at the at the Forum. And oh uh, wow, was that it was at the Forum. Sick. Yeah, yeah, they've they've done that before and okay. um and stuff. But but uh, but it was awesome. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, did you get any of that Slayer cake that I saw floating around on Instagram? Yeah. So so in the VIP section at the Forum, it's a place called the Forum Club, and whenever yeah. a band plays there there's always a cake with the, the you know the ad mat graphic printed on the cake um so uh yeah you always get a slice of that or whatever but but uh inter- anyway but in, in, in terms of uh in in terms of business um you know that's the that's the place where you know you run into everybody um because there's a bar in there and there's food and cake uh and and that's where the networking happens right like you know in ter- in terms of us having a music business podcast that's the place where you run into dudes maybe you don't see all the time and and uh and, and you you get on topics and, and start uh, hashing it out so um for whatever it's worth i mean um to dig into a little bit of business on on this episode um uh, we, i talked about um like we got on the topic of streaming royalties and how there's this narrative in the in the business of like oh like it's how people are bummed that it's like there's record royalties are over and we're not getting you know we're not we're losing out on that stream of income and 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 it's like it's only pennies per play um from streaming royalties and and you know and and the person i was talking to was a record label guy you know so so this is a conversation you're having at the forum at this show correct what's going on correct because because to 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 further the theme of of debagging uh industry pros we actually just hang out and in the bar and like talk shop as opposed to actually seeing bands play (laughs) totally right it's like my entire APMA's experience. Uh, I rolled into Hopeless and chatting with Lewis, the owner, and he's like talking about this grant that they did, this charity grant. And I was like, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, we gave it away at the APMA's and had a whole thing. You can find it on YouTube. And I was too embarrassed to tell him like, I was at the APMA's and I guess I missed that because I was doing just what you're talking about, which is, you know, I mean, listen, that's how you and I get so much of our, our intel. And had I known about that Lamb of God Slayer show, uh, I pro- maybe I would have stayed. I wanted to stay for Warped, but what happens is when you run that 2 to 3 a.m., you know, burning the midnight oil, uh, and then up at 8, like by the time I got on the plane Saturday, I was just like done. So you're talking about streaming and the minuscule royalty rate that people are getting per stream at the Slayer Lamb and God show. Who's playing, by the way? Is this one Behemoth's on, or are you like actually doing it during Lamb of God or Slayer? It's no, not not during Slayer. I mean, who knows? It could be in between bands or whatever. But you know, stuff is happening, and and it, taking it nothing just, away from Behemoth, by the way. No, right? no, you know? of, course, of course not. Of course not. It's just it's just kind of what happens. You run into people and you start chatting, and and you know, this is how it works. Um, but uh, but you know, but anyway, so I was telling this guy, label guy or whatever, and I was like. I don't I don't subscribe to that narrative 
that streaming is is killing the business because we're losing out on uh, on some stream of income, right? Because it's like as a guy that has put out records by being, you know, as a musician band guy, I've made many records. Like of all the records that I've been on or been a part of on some on some level, you know how many you know how many royalty checks I've I've got? Like almost none. <laughs> you know totally like like and and not only that if if there was if there was a moment when i when i was getting a royalty right it was because it was like i mean cryptic slaughter we got royalties whenever we re-released our records on relapse records like 20 years ago or you know 20 years after the fact and uh because those were re-releases so there was no there's no real cost associated yeah, not, with not, making the yeah, record. Yeah, I mean, not to not to get fully into what it takes to recoup and get a royalty, but you know, for all of you out there that are listening that might not be as familiar with the business as Blasco and I, yeah, I mean, a label comes in, they spend money, you know, they give you an advance, and sometimes that that used to be that advance might put some money in your pocket. Now it typically goes just to record, and then they pay to manufacture, and they pay for your video, and you know, these are all things that are negotiated. They're not yeah, endless budgets, but. Hey, even on the small time stuff that adds up and then you start recouping that at a small royalty rate, you know, (laughs) and so you got to sell a whole lot of things for that small royalty rate, you know, to, to end up in a recouped position. And once you're finally in a recoup position, if nobody's gone and spent more money, then you see those checks. So yeah, you're saying, cool. When I re-released it on relapse, they didn't have to pay for a recording. You know, they didn't have to pay for art. Maybe they did something, but it was all small numbers. And and then, you know, you were recouped in a, in a relatively quick position. So what, 30 years after you, or however many years, 20 years after your original release, you finally started seeing some money for them. Yeah, but, you, you know, but it's, it's the point of like, in this genre specifically, record royalties is not something that anyone ever considered a stream of income and uh you know it was it's always been touring and t-shirts um so so uh, you know i guess my long-winded point here is is like you know the the whiners of like oh oh, this is totally ruining the business i just have to say that i disagree and that was part of the conversation and then that conversation led into the point of that we've got a level playing field now that we're dealing with whereas and not to sound like i mean granted yes i'm an old guy and the guy that i was talking to was an old guy but not to gripe about like oh it used to be so much better but it's just the reality of whenever you had bands that were exceeding expectations there was much smaller points of curation whether it was mtv trl terrestrial radio those were really the main points of curation that we had for mass consumption, right? Like the, the, and then, and then there was like, you know, moments of like the, the charts on like MySpace or whatever, you could even go into that um, and stuff. But now things have been leveled. There's, there's a lot of points of curation and whether it's a Spotify playlist or whatever, but not it's not stuff that in this particular genre is going to move the needle in a major type of way that an MTV did. So there, there's no real there's no real solution here. It's just sort of acknowledging that when things were bigger, things were different, and now and now we're living in a new age of this business, and um, we just have to accept the fact that 
Nothing's really changed. Bands aren't getting as big as they used to, but just because the, 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 the access is so wide reaching. But there's still plenty of business out there. Music is still thriving. And personally, in my opinion, like something like Spotify, like there's there's bands and music out there that I found. And I think a lot of people would agree with me that that it's like it's robust. Music is so robust now because as a consumer, as a fan, there's so much more at your disposal that you can consume now. Um, but as someone that's trying to make a living in this business, it does make it more difficult, but I don't feel that it removes a stream of income because in this genre, it really does come down to to the, the, the t-shirt and ticket business. And now because of the way things are, we've added the element of grinding and having to grind and making noise and and having to consider you know rising above this large level of mediocrity and you have to put in that extra effort you know things aren't people aren't going to do stuff for you and and it's really important that you know you you go at this business knowing that it is tougher than it used to be and you have to be willing to put in the grind yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And, and I guess real quick, you know, just for everybody out there, what Belasco and I decided to do on this episode was not walk right through, you know, an article that, that he's diligently found. I came to him and said, let's kind of do a, a mid-year review. And we said, first, let's talk about some interesting conversations that we had. So mine included Ellen, his included streaming. No, but but I, I agree, you know, and I think that's what... Um, you know, there's so many interesting ways to approach this. And I used to say when, when things first started to change that like, you know, most of the bands that you and I work with, I call them quote unquote beer bands, right? You know, that's what they're drinking backstage and that's what they're happy drinking. And, you know, their goal is to get drunk. Now there's that next level. And in fact, you, you know, you're fortunate enough to play in a band that I would call a champagne band. Mm. And this is nothing to do with whether or not Ozzy and you guys all drink champagne or not, but you're on a higher level where, frankly, as we both know, when you sell out certain venues, the promoter gladly rolls a bunch of champagne backstage, you know, and says, pop the bottles. Congratulations. Like there's just more money to go around. So when champagne bands, are now, you know, on the on the sales side and streaming side are now quote unquote beer bands. Whoa, you got an issue, right? You know, we're not well, hold on, we're not drinking beer, but most of the bands we work with, you take them from beer to light beer. They're like, fine, dude. You know, yeah, it sucks. We wish we had the freaking full throttle, but light beer, we'll drink as many and we'll still end up drunk. And if you like the metaphor or not, it doesn't really matter. The the point is, you know, most of the stuff that you and I are working with we've always been grinding, right? Yeah. Like that's why you have are capable of uh, to have that position, um, you know, as opposed to the record label guy and taking nothing from them. You know, I think that most of the um, ingenuity within our business is coming from the artists and the managers and the people that haven't sat you know, and there's some labels that, that haven't, you know, they haven't been around long enough to have the glory days behind them. They haven't gotten, you know, a 20 million seller uh, randomly that just sets their label for life. 
you know, they just never have to think about it again um, unless they completely screw it up. You know, we're the ones that ha have always had to basically figure out survival tactics. And so we're excited about these new streams of income and we're looking for them. We're looking under rocks each and every day. Um, and when somebody brings one to us that makes sense, you know, I was doing some consulting while I was out in LA. That was one of the reasons for my trip. You know, it's, it's somebody who's trying to identify a you know, a new stream of income, um, or at least a way to, you know, really make it, um, work. So artists, artists, not labels, not whoever else, artists who are the ones that ultimately have to survive. If we want to still have a music business, they are the ones that have an, another stream of income that we can all be excited about and, and perpetuate their careers. So yeah, man, always interesting conversations going on around, you know, streaming versus sales. And it's almost crazy to think that somebody's still sitting in the, in the seat, you know, the, the side of the debate that says, well, I just wish it was all sales and no streaming. It's like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> that, that ship has sailed, you know, I'm looking you know, and, and I was having interesting conversations with managers and friends about, you know, there's this whole thing about first weeks and whether or not first week sales mean anything anymore versus streams, you know, and I talk about this in the Outer Loop coaching platform a little bit. And, you know, it's like, look, eventually first weeks will mean nothing. You know, that day is coming. We're, we're, we're getting to the point where it's dwindling. Um, but the nice thing about first weeks is it's, it's people who are buying into your band leading up to the release. And streaming is really about people who are, you know, like discovering you and getting excited about you once release day hits. Because that's when the, the music is up on these, you know, the digital service platforms. Yep. So cool stuff. Yeah, that's man. Exciting. So let's uh, quick segue. Here we are. This is episode 30, as well as this marks our, you know, more or less halfway year point um so you know a few things maybe do uh recap on of like you know hey man we've we've consistently delivered one of these on a, on a weekly basis um and uh that's pretty awesome i would say you know kind of started yeah. something from nothing and and delivered the goods here we are halfway through um what looking back at all the episodes you know let's let's uh maybe chat about a few of the of the 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 more uh downloaded ones you know the the couple that resonated the strongest yeah and you know we pulled some stats you know we're hosted on a on a platform called libsyn and you know they're able to give us some stats and we didn't spend a ton of time digging into the details but you know i i pay attention to the podcast space a lot obviously you know i'm one of the founders of jabberjaw um which has been exciting and you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts outside of, of music and they usually, you know, they usually go into that 4th of July weekend and, and because nobody wants to record an episode over that weekend, um, you know, mm. they use it as that kind of mid-year review, but we just cruised right through 4th of July, not even thinking about taking a break um, on the pod. And, you know, this week it was like, Hey, with me traveling and you being busy, it, yeah, it'd be a fun time to reflect. And so, you know, our download totals for each episode are going to be a little bit skewed because some of them came out way earlier. So people who came in and discovered the podcast later, um, obviously, if they've gone back, you know, they'll add to those earlier episodes. Uh, but I did think it was interesting that the top downloaded one thus far was episode two, which was how to find a skilled professional music manager to guide your career, which doesn't surprise me considering 
It's called managemental. <laughs> you and I are both managers. And we know, you know, a lot of aspiring managers and a lot of bands who aspire to have managers. So nothing out of the ordinary for me on that one. What, what about you? No, that seems completely appropriate. And I would be concerned if that wasn't the strongest one. Yeah. And, you know, right there, the next one is, is episode four, which is actually interesting to me. I mean, other than it's early. So again, these are going to be a little skewed just because they've been out longer. Uh, but ban merchandising secrets of success. Mm. Um, you know, and you talk a lot about how, you know, from that earlier conversation about streaming, you know, bands, it's all about touring and merchandising. So if these are bands that are trying to make a buck, you know, to, to, to survive, doesn't surprise me um, that that merchandising is something that people were really paying attention to. Yeah, it makes me feel good about our audience that we're connecting with in that they are interested and concerned about management and they're, um, they're hip enough to understand that merchandising is a tremendous uh, primary stream of income. So those uh, those are those are good signs that we're connecting with the right audience to me. Yeah, I would agree. And the, and the next three almost tie together. You know, you got episode six, which was getting signed to a record label. Episode twenty four. So here's one that's not very. You know, this one's not not super old. This is a relatively new one, uh, which was record deal red flags. Mm. And then I know this wasn't solely about deals, but in episode nine, uh, you know, you did the, the not boring legal advice. And that was the one that you interviewed, uh, our, our attorney buddy, Eric German, right? Yeah. 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 Once again, all, all good signs. Um, you know, getting signed to a record label, I would have to assume is, you know, that that is a uh, a priority. You know, I think I I would estimate that most people listening here uh, prioritize getting signed as something of uh, importance to them, and um and you know and then I would just say, hey, thank God that the legal advice one was was uh, <laughs> was 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 listened to um, because that is uh, not something to. Uh, d- d- not something to take for granted or, or, or just be like, Oh God, it's like legal. How boring. It's like, no man, it's necessary. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right on that. I would presume if we did a show saying how to get a booking agent, um, those numbers would skyrocket pretty, pretty quickly as well. Interesting. Um, yeah. We should do that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, part of why we wanted to recap here, you know, we we continue to find people are reaching out to us. You know, you guys are awesome. Uh, you're sharing it with your friends and, and we're getting great feedback and we want to, to go through here, not only as a tool for ourselves, but also for, for all of you guys out there, you know, what do you want to hear about? And if you haven't listened to some of these episodes, you know, we want to, we want to spark your interest so you could maybe go backwards um, and check some of them out. Um, yeah. So then a couple, you know, you got uh, understanding your band as a brand, which was episode five. And then you've got episode 12, which was our music business myth busters. <laughs> that was um, a fun one. Yeah, that was cool. Um, then, Hey, look at, look at this. And, and again, I always thank you for allowing me to use our platform for, 
you know, promoting the coaching stuff I'm doing, but the bonus episode of Release It Right and Unleash It Right, the preview, that was number nine. So to round out our top 10, so a third of the way through, episode 23 was our Instagram basics, which oh. which is actually a little higher than I than I would have expected. That's that's good. I mean, man, I, I'm actually, this is all happy. Like I'm, I'm, these are all good signs. I'm happy to hear that that was our top 10. That's really, really cool. Yeah, so then the, to start the next, I mean, we're at episode 25. So again, this was recent, so it's nice to see it up there. And, and again, what's what's so interesting is if I'm looking at the numbers, there's just not a massive disparity. I mean, we're talking, you know, some of these are within 10 downloads of each other. You know, and I'm sure if we reflected on what time we posted it on a Monday, again, today we're recording this one on Monday, and we're hoping to get it to drop later today. So that even might affect a few things. But but number 11 was episode 25, Can I Afford to Be in a Band? Yeah. Um, which that one doesn't, you know, I, I won't be surprised as this goes on, if we review it year's end, that that one continues to, to creep up. Yeah. Um, episode 7 was How to Get More People to Your Shows. Um, which makes sense, right? Yeah. We're playing live. And then Lucky 13 or Unlucky 13, which was actually episode 16, was Break Down the Walls. What was that one about? Do you remember? I don't specifically, but, you know, judging by the title, it probably had something to do with, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier about, like, rising above the noise, man, knowing that there was a lot of competition out there and, and uh, you know, putting in the extra effort to um, to rise above. Yeah, you're you're exactly you're exactly right on that. I think it was it. I'm looking back to see if in my show notes um, there was something about it. So break down the walls. Episode 16 was uh, this was uh, an email from one of our listeners and student of the 60 Days Designable. Um, so he he wanted to know yeah how to break how to get noticed. So having killer music, always putting out consistent great content. Being fearless, persistent, but not a pest. Realizing it takes time, so be patient. And yes, a bit of luck seems to be a factor. Mm-hmm. So that's so cool. This was his interpretation of, you know, after listening to many of the, the shows you and I had done through the first 15 episodes and then participating in my coaching platform, he had his own, like, you know, interpretation of, of kind of the themes of what we are are talking about. Yeah. So, and once, once, thanks, yeah. thanks again, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. And once again, I will, I will point out that, uh, it's, it's cool when you look at the numbers, it does seem like we have a, a very loyal and consistent, uh, fan base, uh, listening to us every week, which, uh, you are, as all of you are listening now, uh, I gotta say, thank you for continuing to listen. And, um, you know, I don't know, man. I'm 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 stoked. I I, I feel good about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, you know, uh, this is one of the highlights of my week as I was going around town again doing those debaggery meetings um, and whatnot. I got a lot of comments. You know, people saying they were paying attention to it, which which is cool. Um, after break down the walls uh, was episode three, the forty best metal albums of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny i think early on we were sort of finding our way still and and you know you and i did a few demos of the show and whatnot and i think that was one where you know early in the year we're both being pulled in like 40 different directions and you're just like 
boom, here it is. The 40 best metal albums of 2016. Wow. I don't even remember. Uh, I don't even remember doing that. Like, I remember seeing that. And I go, fuck, we did that? I don't even remember. Well, it was one of those. There was an interesting list on Rolling Stone, and we were talking about oh, how. You know, yeah. what I What I did like was, you know, you helped me discover your playlist. Right. Um, what's the URL for that again? Volumeforever.com. Right, which is such a cool name, and yeah, I mean, you keep it still active, right? You keep it each week. Is yeah, that, is I I, up, I update it every week, and uh, uh, and I actually added in. So I, on my Spotify, um, I have three public public playlists. the uh, The first one is Volume Forever 2016, which is all done, and then I've got Volume Forever 2017, which I'm updating on a weekly basis. And uh, you know, thematically, what those are is. You know, underground band, rock and roll bands like that I dig, and um, they have uh, and they have album or singles or EPs or whatever released in that year. So it's a, a yearly breakdown. Um, so it's you know it's it's a constantly evolving breeze of of new material, new bands coming out. If you're looking into uh, exploration and um, discovery, I think it's pretty cool. And then the newest one that I put up is um, Hesher Forever as my newest playlist, which which is uh, the soundtrack to my youth. And it is uh, all like classic metal and thrash metal and nothing beyond 1986. Um, it's uh, it's pretty fun to listen to. Just put it on that, shuffle that, and go with it. That, that'll have to me go, That you know, I'll have to be inspired and go create a hardcore forever one. And, and <laughs> though I can't predate 86 because it would be all like, you know, hair metal bands, Quiet Riot, Van Halen, <laughs> you know, uh, Def Leppard, you know, anything that I thought I could see a, a set of boobs, you know, if I was ever fortunate enough to go to one of their concerts. <laughs> but then I found hardcore, so punk and hardcore. Um, but yeah, you know, let's, uh, one of the things actually, you know, what I think we should probably look into for next week is, um, is talking about streaming and talking about some of those economies. Yep. So then we moved to Band Managers 101. Again, that makes sense. That was episode 22. I'd imagine that one will climb. And then uh, episode 11 was how to get the attention of a record label. And just because we're reading the titles of these, for those of you that haven't listened to, to all of the episodes, you know, typically the format is we find an article, you know, Blasco actually diligently digs through and finds, finds something that's been posted on the web and we walk through it. So record deal red flags and how to get the attention of a record label. You know, if we were writing our own episode there, it would probably, you know, maybe go together. But in, in what, you know, this is, it, it's two different things for sure. Um, because we cover two different articles, which is a really fun format. I like it. Yeah. And then episode 27, this was cool. Five ways to kill a music career. Oh man. There's probably way <laughs> more than that, but those were the top five. And then uh, episode 17, succeeding with cover songs. And then some of these, it's sort of funny because they, I, you know, then you get episode 10, which was when is it time for a publicist, which I'm surprised that isn't up a little higher because I get that inquiry a lot from, from people, from bands. In the grand um, scheme of things, publicity is probably lower on the priority list. You know, it's like yeah. just getting signed, manager, merchandising touring those are probably more in your face whereas publicity is maybe something like after i've already you know kind of established some of that stuff and then the the 20th uh most popular or, or yeah i guess here we'll end the top 20 why a band agreement is important um 
you know, this was the one that, that came out of the, the whole ghost uh, scenario. That's what that inspired. Man, that one should be uh, higher up. I, I think more people should listen to that because that's really where it starts before any of the getting signed and getting the manager and all that shit, man. Like that one's really important to me. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that it sits where it is. So guys go in there and, and, and crank that one up, you know, with do the do the thing where you fall asleep and just put it on repeat on SoundCloud or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we move into to the to the last third. Uh, episode nineteen was the big question, um, which you know we did a part one and a part two. Part two is lower down, uh, but again these numbers are all pretty similar. Uh, and then episode eighteen was Blasco and Mike answer your questions. So we're we're always wanting people to to email us. Uh, I believe it's askblasco at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh, this one I liked a lot. Um, the the next one, which was episode twenty six, defining and achieving success. Yeah. So that's one. If you haven't listened to that, I think that's a really good one because, you know, it is. It's it's challenging business, and sometimes you know it's it's tough to, to, to imagine what, you know, success looks like one thing, but you might actually be having a lot of success already. Um, you know, it's just how you, how you define it. And then episode 13 was 10 steps to a successful crowdfunding campaign. Um, which I've done a lot of, you know, I like that topic, but it doesn't surprise me that it sits where it is. Then actually our, our, I guess this is our, our number one. This was welcome to 2017, our music business predictions. Wow. So, so that one, nobody cared about what we think is happening within the music business. Good to know. They, they all wanted to jump to how to find a skilled professional music manager. So, you know, we will at year's end review that music business prediction. So I suggest if you find the time, go listen to it. Um, you know, so it's fresh in your mind now and we'll, we'll revisit it towards year's end. Uh, the next was episode 14. Would you pay to meet us? Which was all about VIP stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, we talk about increased revenue streams, you know, record sales have gone away. You know, we walk through how five years ago VIP was was a four letter word, and now it's commonplace amongst everybody. Episode twenty was the big question part two. So this was a guy, his big question series. This was how do bands break out and become famous? Yeah, um, that's a big question. How does that happen? That, <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, what I like is when you and I get the chance to to walk through some of these things because. You know, even though we've got a nice overlap, uh, you know, just based on our experiences, we do see things a little bit differently. Um, you know, it's typically a different shade of the same color, but we, we definitely see the same same color most of the time. And then this one will probably climb. This was last week's episode, How Do I Become a Manager? And then... Uh, that was great because we told our stories of how we got in the business and... And how, and how we did it because it's like, no one gave it to us. No one just says, Hey man, here's your business cards. Like go like, you know, and here's your office. It's like, we did it ourselves. And, and, and Mike and I, we, uh, relive our stories of how we, uh, our origin stories and how we got into the business and built up to being business owners. So I think that's a fun one to listen to. I would agree. Anytime, anytime that I get to hear me talk about me, wow, <laughs> do I love it or what? <laughs> 
Um, and then really the last of our, of our, you know, numbered formal episodes, uh, is how to pick a great band name, which I get, you know, most of the bands have names, but, but you and I have both renamed bands. So if you're out there and one of the reasons you're not getting ahead is you don't have a great name, go give that sucker a listen. Well, cool, man. Like, we're a little over today, but that's okay because we're recapping 30 episodes. But uh, I think that concludes this episode number 30. And I just want to reiterate, like, we love input. It really helps us uh, know what you guys want to hear. Please write me at askblasco at gmail.com and uh, send in any uh, questions or comments or stuff, you know, topics that you want us to cover or dig into. Please do that. And, um, but for me, uh, you know, I'm just stoked to be doing this with you and and, uh, I'm glad that we've got an engaged, uh, consistent audience. And uh, I feel like that judging by these numbers that, you know, we know what we know what they're looking for, but it seems like they're getting something out of it um, and they're and they're uh, and they're putting their attention in all the right places. So I got to applaud everyone that, that listens every week and uh, just want to say thanks uh, to you, Mike, for uh, doing this with me. And uh, it's been a fun adventure. Yeah, thanks so much to you. And, and for everybody out there, I mean, one of the things, not only just your feedback, but if you're interested in a topic, you know, like we covered one that, that someone had written in, but the format, and if you go to our show notes on any of these shows, you'll see the original articles that we linked to. So Blasco, like I said, you know, he's been very diligent um, and goes and finds these great articles that we discuss. So what would be even more helpful, or at least equally as helpful, is if there's anything that you guys are reading out in the blogosphere, um, you know, or an article that you're seeing, and you send us a link and say, hey, you know, this is interesting or maybe controversial or, you know, any of those uh, adjectives, uh, send that along because that allows us to kind of, you know, find our way and to riff on it. Um, you know, this has been awesome. You know, you and I uh, have made, you know, we've made it work. Like each and every week we try consistently to, to hit the same day, but we're on different coasts and we've both got a lot going on. So thanks everybody for, for your patience and understanding um, you know that that sometimes we got six other things in front of this, but but we always do make it a priority because yeah, we, we do love doing it. So um, you know how to find Blasco on Instagram and Twitter. He's at Blasco thirteen thirteen. I kept mine the same on both those platforms as well. At Mike O'Loop. Yeah, everything else that's going is going. You guys know I've got uh, my coaching platform, which is just OuterloopCoaching.com. Uh, with two products deep and they've been amazing um, I've got a couple more that are either up or in the works it's just been such a fun thing to do and I get inspired by what you and I are doing here so everybody until next week when we're talking about streaming or something else um, have a great Monday and keep it dog. thanks everybody peace This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. 
What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>